Today's podcast is about meditation and how the mind interferes with our meditation process and how to recognize some of the things it is doing. Meditation, mindfulness, whatever you want to call this, some of us pursue them for various reasons and these are entirely personal reasons. Maybe for peace of mind, maybe for mental health, maybe for physical health, maybe as a step in spirituality, maybe out of curiosity. There could be tons of other reasons. Some of us make good progress and some of us struggle. And then there are many of us who just give up. So just to keep it simple, I'm going to use the term meditation. Even if you think of it as mindfulness or self-awareness or some variation of that. You can use any term you want. I'm just going to use the term meditation in a broadest sense today. Now, I'm not going to go talk about why you do meditation. I also don't want to talk about how you do the meditation. No. Irrespective of what you call it, irrespective of how you practice it, there's one thing that becomes a hurdle for all of us, and that is our own minds. When you settle down comfortably, in whatever posture you prefer and close your eyes and concentrate on your breath, on a flower, on a sound, on an image, whatever. When you try to concentrate, you are bombarded with emotions, with arguments, thoughts, feelings, logic, etc, etc. You thought your mind would become calm. But it's exactly the opposite. It becomes a raging furnace. As you close your eyes, trying to concentrate, thoughts hit you. Memories flash in front of you. Emotions that you thought you got rid of, they'll show up unexpectedly. They'll disturb you. How are we supposed to get past and become calm? We try to fight it, ignore it, reject it. And in the process, we end up creating more arguments and more disappointment within our minds. We feel trapped. It feels very circular and we feel hopelessly lost. We are trying to tame the mind. We are trying to control it, get past it, but without much success. Soon enough, it can be so frustrating that we give up. We might be expecting that there is some secret door or a secret code or a teacher's blessing or a magic word or a secret ritual or a spiritual guide or something else, anything to get past this. And we do search for that. Instead of meditating, we search for these things and that very often tends to be fruitless. The real barrier for the mind to become calm is the mind itself. 
there are a few things that the mind does habitually as part of its normal regular function just being aware of them goes a long way in your meditation journey so today i want to cover a few of these things and hopefully somewhere there is something that you can make use of so i want to talk about three things that our mind does and by proxy things we do and these are the things that impact our meditation journey there could be more than these three but let's start here the first one is our natural ability to imagine and the second one is our natural necessity to compare and contrast and the third one is our innate drive to control so as you close your eyes and meditate these things kick in disturbing everything ripping everything apart and you must be aware of them to get past them sometimes it becomes as simple as being aware of these things let's start with our sense of imagination our ability to picture things our ability to make up things create a pseudo reality we all have the ability to imagine it is essential to our existence it is a fundamental part of us right the tricky thing is does our mind know the difference the difference between reality and imagination think of your memories when you recollect a memory do you imagine it and relive it so here's the thing whether you imagine an experience or relive a memory your mind processes it as if it is real as if it's happening in real time and it will react it will respond and it will create all the emotions good or bad that go with it it will even create a memory of the imagined experience what this means is that you imagine yourself let's say jumping off a plane let's say parachuting if you just sit down and imagine that you will already feel some level of anxiety exhilaration fear whatever you would feel as if you're really jumping off in real time maybe it won't be an exact intensity but you will feel something the level degree detail and the intensity of emotions may be different but nevertheless you will feel them just the thought an imaginary thought can stress you out for real the heartbeat you feel is real the sweat is real the headache is real even if it came from just an imagined situation and your mind is doing all that the fact that you're quietly sitting somewhere and not actually jumping off a plane won't matter to your brain it treats the imagination as if it is a real event in real time and will proceed to look out for you if you think of a memory let's say something that happened to you in high school 
And if you recollect that memory, your mind will end up reliving it. And every emotion associated with that will be front and center in your mind. As if it is all happening again. At the end of it, you are left with a real physical, mental and emotional consequence of that imagination. Let me repeat that. At the end of it, you are left with the real physical, mental and emotional consequence of that imagination. So why does the mind do that? Most likely for survival. If you see the shadow of a rope, you would imagine that it might be a snake and your defense will immediately kick in, creating a flight or fight response. You're just built that way and your mind is built to work that way. That is normal. Business as usual for the mind. It normally shouldn't bother you. Unless, of course, you're experiencing a very, very high level of stress. But when you sit down, close your eyes, expecting to calm down, your imagination will kick in and your memories will kick in and that can throw you off. So what do you do? How can you move past something that is absolutely normal for the mind to do? Are you supposed to fight what is natural? Are you supposed to fight what nature intended for you? Knowing that imagination or memories have such power on you helps. You become aware. And when that memory kicks in, and when that imagination goes haywire, you can tell yourself that it's all an act of the mind to create this commotion, that you must not take it seriously, that you must not fight it. Just let it exist and let it ripple out. People compare mind to the lake, how thoughts create ripples and how ripples mask what is underneath at the bottom of the lake and how you must not let those ripples occur. How can you stop those ripples from occurring? You cannot. Not by following a trick, but by being self-aware, you can go in that direction. If you throw a rock in the lake, it will create ripples. But if you are patient and not throw more rocks, the ripples die out. If it is windy, it will constantly create the waves. And when you know that the ripples and the waves are temporary, when you know that those waves are just happening because of the wind, you will slowly stop taking those things seriously. You will see the temporary nature of those ripples and those waves you will learn to see past those waves. You won't create more and more ripples or more and more waves by unnecessarily thrashing about, trying to figure it out. So don't try. Just be aware of why it happens. And slowly, you will have the lake that you 
look forward to. To summarize, whether an event is real or imaginary, the mind processes them the same way. Be aware of it. Budget for it. Don't try to compensate for it or over-engineer it. Just go with it and your mind will automatically learn to adapt as it becomes more aware of this and as you become more aware of this as well. And you have to discourage yourself from trying to fix it, from trying to criticize yourself for not being able to achieve that state of calmness. You have to just step aside. Let's move on to another natural trait of the mind that becomes a barrier in our meditation. It's the tendency of ourselves and our mind to compare, contrast and conclude. Comparing stuff is the bread and butter of our brain. That is how it's built, that is how it operates and it's a very efficient and fast. When you see a toaster, for example, you don't need to see each and every detail of the toaster before you know it is a toaster, before you can recognize it. Your mind sees the outline, a couple of additional things and compares them with its memory bank and matches and concludes that it's a toaster. All the decision-making that the mind does starts with the act of comparing. It's a very fundamental trait of the mind. I know what you're thinking. We're talking about meditation. So why do we bother with this aspect of our mind? Because comparing stuff is so ingrained within us, because it's such a strong habit, we tend to compare everything. There is a purpose to comparing stuff. And that purpose is to conclude. When you see a toaster, your brain looks at the outline of this toaster and it needs to conclude that it's a toaster. And what if you can't conclude that? What if it's a little dark in the room? And you can't see that object clearly? What if it is kind of like toaster but not really? Maybe it's a different kitchen utensil. Maybe a new coffee grinder built to look just like a toaster. Your brain will go down that path and look for more information, find more detail, figure it out and conclude. Your brain is not going to look at that rectangular box on a countertop and walk away not concluding something. It has to conclude. If it doesn't conclude, you'll be super restless. You don't know what it is. You might panic and you might react accordingly. I know this example looks silly, but this is how we are wired. And we need this wiring. When you see a shadow in the dark, a long shadow cast by a rope, and you don't know, have enough information to conclude that it is a rope, you need to figure out what is going on because it could be a snake. So it's a life and death situation. Our brain and we are built to function this way. We cannot look at an object and not bother to compare it, contrast it, evaluate it, 
and conclude. Now these examples may sound silly because in actuality the act of comparing and concluding is so natural to us that we don't even recognize that process. We don't we are not aware of it. And even though we are not aware of it, we need it. That's how we survive and our mind is always doing this. So what's the problem? The problem is we tend to compare everything and we form a conclusion or what we might call an opinion. Even if those things that can be hard to measure or comprehend exist, like our feelings, others' feelings, intentions, past events, future events, we compare stuff and we conclude or create an opinion. We need to put stuff into buckets such as good, bad, happy, sad, favorable, unfavorable, safe, dangerous, friend, foe. It goes on and on and on. Once we bucket our observations, they become emotions. Oh, this is a good thing. Oh, this is a bad thing. It means something. And you'll experience emotions as a consequence of bucketing them in this fashion. Because once we conclude that something is good or bad, then there is always an emotion associated with it. And we may forget the observation that started it off. But we remember the opinion that came out of it. We remember the association associated with it. Anything and everything that comes into our, our radar cannot just pass by. It needs to be examined and some conclusion drawn from it. Even if there is very little information about it. We can't let it go. It's, it's just in our nature. All of this adds up and creates a lot of emotional noise that looks very important. During meditation, we expect not to react to anything. Just be calm and unwavering. Well, our mind will not let us do that. It's not in our nature. As the imagination flies through the, our mind, as memories swing by, as we see different stuff, hear and smell, all of this begs for comparison. Our minds can explode because it's trying to make sense of everything and it can't just let all this stuff go. But you can practice something. You can start by resisting the need to compare. You can practice observing. But letting go of the need to interpret it. In your mind, you might see a friend, a face of a friend, or a conversation. Just observe it. You don't have to draw some conclusion out of it. Just observe. You can practice seeing something and not needing to compare. Just let the thoughts appear. But you don't have to make sense of that. Just let everything pass by. Keeping yourself passive. 
just observe let it go it won't be easy now there are several things that will matter to you tapping into your own image your own ego your own needs etc it won't be easy it's not easy to be neutral there is stuff out there that will shake you up there is stuff in your life that shakes you up you can't be neutral you have to find some meaning in all of these things you need to again figure something out and draw some conclusion that pressure to conclude will always be there it's a natural organic part of your mind but you can ask yourself do you need to is it really important that i conclude something out of this or can i back off resist the temptation to compare you can have that conversation slowly steadily when you do this over time it will get better a little easier a little bit more natural because what will happen is there will be some successes where you can just look at something not compare and your mind will accept the new reality of not having to compare you're on a beach in the evening the sun is setting the breeze is cool the kids are playing in the water it's really peaceful right you don't have to go analyze it and say it is peaceful it could have been afternoon on the same beach it's hot it's humid the waves are still the waves the beach is still the beach but you could start comparing and draw a conclusion how horrible it is to be on that same beach do you have to can you just be there on the beach just experience what are you going to do with the conclusion don't you don't need to there are many 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 occasions and situations where you don't need to compare contrast or conclude and you can practice doing this and while it's not obvious in the beginning your mind will learn that even if it doesn't compare or conclude something it's okay and your mind will stop forcing you to conclude things and that's how you can win that battle slowly steadily with patience in summary our compelling need to compare stuff forces us to have opinions draw conclusions creating emotional memories and potentially this all will make meditation a non-starter and the way to mitigate this is to practice not comparing when you observe something just experience them for what they are without needing to put them in bins or buckets or tags or categories etc you'll discover a great calm in yourself
when you manage to do that even a little bit. Let's move on to another nature we exhibit or our mind exhibits and that is our need to control. We approach meditation, we want to master it, we want to control it, we want to control our mind, we want to make steady progress, we want to engineer the meditation process, regulate it, we want to be successful, we want to reach milestones, we want to pass through all these different stages of meditations. We want to really tell ourselves that we are succeeding doing all of these things. And we fail miserably. We are so used to thinking that we should be able to control everything. Even when we know we can't, we idolize the need to control. We idealize the need to control. This is baked into us by people, by parents, by friends, by books, by society, and even by ourselves, as if this is the sole measure of human success. By definition, we live in a society, and that automatically means rules, regulations, stuff that is meant to keep things in control. There's nothing wrong with that. Control is the foundation of society and civilization. But, of course, the control, the word control, seems like a bad word when I use it in that context. So let's look at something. What is behind control? The word we look for is order. Order in things. Order that allows predictability. Order that tells us if something is within rules or not. Control is really creating an order and keeping things in order. Let me repeat that. Control is really creating an order and keeping things in order. If you want to be successful at something, you must know and create the order of things. You might call it planning. Things that need to happen and, and then go and do these things in that order. That would make you successful. And when things happen out of that order, the order that you created, that will drive you nuts. We want to get somewhere, we create the order that will take us there, that is control. Notions like control, order can be too deep and complex. So let's take a step back and look at it from our meditation journey point of view. Do you think you control or want to control your meditation journey? If you think no, then you're probably in the right direction. As you get going with meditation, we see the road ahead of us that looks complex 
confusing, unpredictable, ambiguous. And the way people talk about it, you don't know what is ahead. And you probably have to follow something you might believe, a ritual or a practice. Your innate self would rather control this, control this journey, but it can't. One of the hardest things one must do in this journey is to let go of the need to control. Let go of that need to see order. You will be tempted. You will want to have an order because that seems like a common sense. And you've grown up expecting things to be in order in everything. You look for a teacher to tell you what that order is. You look for a book to tell you what that order is. Forget about meditation. This is true for anything. You think that everything about life, your existence is about order. And you think that your purpose is to keep things in order, follow the orders. Maybe break the order to create a new order. But order it is and control it is. That's how we have just evolved to think as part of our society, as part of our upbringing. And it feels very normal and natural for us. So can we let go of needing this order, needing this control? We can. We can. We can. We can by letting go of the need to get to a destination. Instead of being fixated on hitting a milestone, instead of being fixated on hitting a number or a metric or a KPI, let those things happen organically. It's not a contest. There is no achievement. When you sit on a beach enjoying the evening sun, do you measure how much you enjoy it? Do you aspire to enjoy the most perfect sunset over all other sunsets? Do you categorize them, bend them and say this is the only thing that matters and that's what I should achieve? Everything else is nothing. It's meaningless, right? Every time you're on the beach, you enjoy it. So why bring all of this control baggage to your meditation journey? The journey of meditation is a very personal one. And instead of focusing on milestones, instead of focusing on individual numbers, of, or instead of saying, okay, I've got phase one done, now I have to go to phase two. In the next two months, that's what I'm going to shoot for. Instead of doing that, why don't you pick a slightly more abstract goal? It won't be easy. It will be punishing for you in the beginning. But it will remove a lot of stress and strain on your mind, body and soul. I want to go to the example of the North Star. You see the North Star in the sky? Nobody aspires to actually hit the North Star. It's always sitting there, 
is always in one place. When you're lost, you look at the North Star and you know how to correct your direction. North Star is really everything to find that direction. But you don't say that I am so and so miles away from the North Star, I should get even closer to the North Star. No, you use the North Star to pursue the direction of your dream, your journey. And as long as you're on the journey, things will happen organically. Things will happen to surprise you. You want that. You want that. You don't want to really adhere to a man-made order of things that you must order yourself to follow. You must not try to control that. You do have an North Star. Have an North Star. And go in the direction of the North Star and let all the individual milestones appear organically. And this is a very, very, very personal journey. Meditation is personal. Meditation is individual. Meditation paths are, are not exchangeable. You live your own life. You live your own meditation journey. All that the North Star will tell you is general direction so that you have something to go towards, so that you don't lose track of your direction. You just steer yourself in the right direction. The North Star doesn't tell you how far you are from a milestone. Now, it's, it's your journey and you'll figure it out yourself. Because you're unique, your mind is unique, your experiences are unique, your journey will be unique as well, and those will be yours. So just to summarize the thought around control, we think control is everything. But what's behind control is creating an order and trying to follow the order. Who creates the order? Most of the order we see around are created by humans, by us. And a lot of it is just to keep us safe, just to keep things tidy and pretty sure they'll have their limitations because as humans we are not perfect so our order is not perfect as well. But rather than try to steer ourselves to follow an exact order, move away from that. Look for the North Star and just go towards the direction of the North Star. Resist the temptation to follow an order. Resist the temptation to control your journey. You're brought up to think that that's the right thing to do, to control so that you're safe. But when you're on your meditation journey, when you're dealing with something abstract like mine, you have to let go of any preconceived notions. You have to open up, open up to the possibilities. And we have reached the end of the talk and I've talked about how our mind becomes basically the barrier for our mind and how our imagination, our necessity to compare and contrast things, our innate drive to control everything. These are the things that slow us down, even stop us progressing. And many times 
we feel bitter about it we give up but don't you have to understand that everything that the mind does it does it by design that's a natural trait we are it's not something you fight you don't cast it as an evil thing no you become aware of it you become more knowledgeable about it and that awareness and knowledge actually helps you to not respond to it not react to it and suddenly your mind your tormenting mind slowly becomes your ally so hang in there that's all i want to say